Welcome to 340B Insight from 340B Health. Hello from Washington, D.C., and welcome back to 340B Insight, the podcast about the 340B drug pricing program. I'm David Glendening with 340B Health. Our guest today is Dr. Cecily Smith-Jenkins, 340B Program Director at Ascension, Wisconsin. We invited Cecily on the show to speak about drug shortages that have been occurring throughout the U.S. healthcare system. These shortages can cause problems for hospital pharmacy professionals, including those who focus on 340B drugs. We wanted to hear how Ascension addresses these issues when they arise. Before we go to that interview, I will remind you that the annual 340B hospital recertification process ends at midnight on Monday, September 19th. For those of you who are authorized officials or primary contacts who have not yet completed this mandatory process, we encourage you to visit the show notes for more information. Our recent episode with 340B Health Vice President of Pharmacy Services, Stephen Miller, included tips for a smooth recertification in advance of the deadline. 340B Health members also can access our recent webinar and newsletter to find out what is new with the process this year. And now for our feature interview on drug shortages with Dr. Cecily Smith-Jenkins. Cecily was one of several attendees at the recent 340B Coalition Summer Conference, who sat down with Miles Goldman in our podcast booth in the exhibit hall. She also was one of the experts speaking on a conference panel about managing 340B drug shortages. Here's that conversation. Thank you, David. I'm joined here at the 340B Coalition Summer Conference by Dr. Cecily Smith-Jenkins. Cecily, I'm looking forward to this conversation. We've been hearing a lot about drug shortages and how this is a real challenge for hospital pharmacy professionals. And I'm looking forward to hearing more about how 340B relates to this conversation. Welcome to 340B Insight. Thank you. Let's just start sort of with the overall issue of drug shortages. How do drug shortages happen? And is this a new problem? Drug shortages can happen due to um, multifactorial issues with supply, demand issues, regulatory issues. And when I say supply issues, we're talking about manufacturing, having unavailability of raw materials, logistics, business problems, demand issues with just-in-time inventory, or just having a high demand for a certain product, or even seasonal demand. And we can see that in the wintertime when there's more demand for flu vaccines. Uh, as well as regulatory issues, there has been a lack of a unified definition of a drug shortage that they cannot figure out how to define it, whether it's on the supply side versus the demand side of what defines a drug shortage. Are the current supply issues that we're experiencing with cars, appliances, food, all sorts of other consumer goods affecting drugs as well? Or is this something that sort of was happening long before the pandemic? This has been happening long before the pandemic. I think the pandemic heightens the drug shortage problem, definitely, because now we're dealing with supply issues, right, and demand issues. So with the increase of the pandemic and the needs for the COVID vaccine and also the problems that stem from the pandemic where we had manufacturer plants shut down, the current supply issues we are experiencing are definitely affecting drugs as well as, as 
we are running out of raw materials to create medicines. We're running out of active pharmaceutical ingredients to create medicines as well. And so they're definitely affected across the board along with cars and, you know, appliances, food, et cetera. Are there certain types of drugs that are more prone to shortages? Unfortunately, yes. So generics and sterile injectables are more prone to drug shortages because you have a competing demand with a manufacturer where quality cannot be compromised, whether you're creating a generic or something that is not generic or brand. And when you have competing priorities with manufacturers who are short on raw materials, they're going to want to produce a medicine that has more high profitability than something that has a low profit margin. And so you're going to get that brand drug created before you're going to get those generics created. So that also creates a drug shortage problem. Are there certain types of of medicines for particular diseases that are affected? Definitely generics for oncology. So those tend to also fall into that category of competing priorities. And so we have many patients that depend on those generic oncology drugs. And, you know, most of the time when there is a drug shortage, you know, and you have to switch a formulary or maybe delay giving an oncology uh, patient a drug, that's going to create even more of a, a, a patient problem. It's concerning to hear that because patients with oncology challenges, of course, need access to drugs quickly. That's correct, yes. And delayed medications, as you can see, for that population can mean, you know, a life or death situation waiting for those important meds. Why are drug shortages difficult for 340B hospitals to manage? Drug shortages are difficult for 340B hospitals to manage because there's the complexity of having to be compliant with certain policies that 340B creates, such as GPO prohibition. I think that's the biggest driver in adding to the difficulty of dealing with 340B drug shortage. At a 340B hospital, it's hard for a hospital to leverage the work of a GPO that's doing the work to mitigate a drug shortage if you're subject to GPO prohibition as well as there's complexities in transferring medications from hospital to hospital that's created by 340B. Because again, you have hospitals that are subject to GPO prohibition, like a DISH hospital versus a critical access hospital that's not subject to GPO prohibition. Definitely starting to see where the complexities come in there. What have been your own experiences with managing drug shortages? My experience with managing drug shortages, I'll give you an example. Uh, we're in, And I spoke about this in my presentation um, with the recent contrast media shortage. One of the things that we were proactive in doing is making sure that we had a communication channel where 340B was brought to the table early on to mitigate the drug shortage, especially around contrast media. And so we want to make sure that we're at the table and that we know about a drug shortage so that we can navigate those complexities around compliance and optimization uh, with the 340B program. So with the contrast media shortage, we were in the know about that. We were directly notified by the system level 
pharmacy stakeholders. We were involved in creating the SBAR, the uh, method of communication that we use, situation background assessment recommendation, where 340B was mentioned in there that if you are 340B hospital, before you start to share inventory, before you start to order directly from uh, a manufacturer, make sure that you are including your 340B leaders in that conversation. Can you just, for those who might be uh, less familiar with that particular shortage, can you just give us some background on that? Yeah. So that particular shortage recently happened actually months before um, this conference where there was a, a plant shutdown due to the COVID pandemic. And so we were notified of that shortage. And of course, I mean, you're using contrast media in all of your radiology department. I mean, this is a big deal. And again, that happened due to the pandemic and it was due to be predicted to be over with by the end of June. And we're here in August and that is still a shortage problem. Let's go a little further into 340B and all this. What were the 340B factors you had to consider when managing this shortage or or other shortages as well? The 340B factors that we had to consider in managing this shortage and others as well is factors around compliance. Again, I'm going to bring up that GPO prohibition you know, because the, the, one of the first things that an organization may think to do is to start sharing product. You know, naturally, if there is a hospital that has more one drug supply over the other, they're prone to say, well, I'm going to give my stock to another hospital. And 340B will add a layer of complexity with that because of the way that we're purchasing. If we're treating certain medications, such as contrast media, for example, as a non-covered outpatient drug and purchasing that on a GPO account, we cannot start sharing that same product with a hospital that's treating it as a covered outpatient drug and purchasing it on a 340B account. We have other rules like orphan drugs, exclusion, things of that nature. Those you have to take in consideration and make sure that you're not in violation of any of those um, rules before starting to stock share or building a central inventory model where, you know, you're going to leverage your GPO to, you know, start purchasing uh, those supplies. There's certainly a lot to think about. Tell me more about your system, uh, Ascension, and whether it manages drug shortage issues at the local hospital level or at the health system level. And and do you think one or the other makes a difference? Definitely. Uh, At Ascension, we are a very large health system. We have 143 hospitals across the United States. 50 are 340B hospitals. And so we have chosen to manage those at the system level whenever possible to avoid compliance issues and to streamline our efforts and resources. And I do think one makes a difference over the other, especially, again, talking from the advantage of being a large health system. It can mean the difference between having a good streamlined process that helps with the shortage or one that's siloed and causes more unnecessary resources and efforts than needed. In your presentation, you said that, quote, 340B is woven into the fabric of many hospital operations, end quote. Can you explain what you mean? 
Yes. 340B touches um, many, if not all, of hospital operation departments. It's woven into the fabric of how almost everything operates. And so that's why we have to be intentional about being in the know and being at the table. Because if we become unnoticed or become an afterthought, when changes are made, it can cause 340B compliance issues, again, optimization issues. And so I like to think about 340B as being a horizontal service line that crosses over many service lines. And so we not only are in partnership or woven into the fabric of pharmacy, we are woven to the fabric of IS, legal, finance, reimbursement, credentialing, facilities. And just to give you an example, if a clinic was added without our knowledge or even closed, that would affect the optimization of the program because if that was a 340B provider-based department and no one told us that it moved or that it closed, it can increase compliance risk or it can also decrease optimization efforts around 340B. Another thing, even on the inpatient side of the hospital, Medicaid days affect the dish proportionate share calculation. And so it also affects 340B eligibility. So I think that's why it's so important to educate your colleagues about 340B in other departments, I imagine, so that they think to call you, email you, et cetera, when this happens, right? That's very important. Again, one slight change can can make a big difference. I have an example. I had a, a, a large retail pharmacy partnership where they were using technology around barcodes to capture 340B value in the contract pharmacy uh, side of 340B. And these barcode technology had to be printed on prescriptions in order for that capture to take place. In our ER, which is one of the busiest ERs in Wisconsin, they changed the printer. And without notifying us, we didn't know the printer was changed. We didn't know that the barcode had dropped off. And so we saw a decline in the ER department and didn't understand why we weren't seeing that value optimized in a very busy ER. And after doing a lot of research, we found out that the printer was switched out. So just that minor change in operations affected the 340B program. What should 340B professionals do to keep abreast of drug shortage issues? One of the things that we've done at Ascension is to create a medication shortages call. We have a weekly call that is system at, at the system level where we discuss medication shortages and we have those key leaders from pharmacy, from nursing, at the table, along with 340B to discuss these matters. And also we have a monthly buyer community call. Our buyers get together in a community on a call to discuss buyer-related issues, buyer-related items. And so we have that intentional connectivity with the buyer community as well by also embedding a 340B analyst in that call. So I would definitely stay in the know just your communication practices and making sure that you're being intentional about that communication across all of the key stakeholders in the pharmacy world. Well, Cecily, appreciate all the insights and best practices you've shared with us on the ground experience. This is all I know really helpful to the 340B community. So thank you for taking 
time out of this busy conference schedule to join us here in the exhibit hall. You are welcome. And it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Our thanks again to Dr. Cecily Smith-Jenkins for sharing her expertise on 340B drug shortages with our listeners and with the attendees of the 340B Coalition Summer Conference. Shortages and the effects they have on 340B hospital programs are very complex issues, and we very much appreciate her walking us through this topic and sharing some of Ascension's best practices. Our next scheduled episode will be one of our regular check-ins with 340B Health President and CEO Maureen Testoni, who will be giving her latest take on all things 340B. So if you've not already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can hear that episode as soon as it comes out. As always, thanks for listening, and be well. Thanks for listening to 340B Insight. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit our website at 340bpodcast.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at 340B Health and submit a question or idea to the show by emailing us at podcast at 340bhealth.org.